Hey everyone, this is Isaac Maddox, and I'm the pastor of Activate Church, and this is our podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to our podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I hope this message blesses you, encourages you, builds your faith, and I hope you enjoy the message. This is true, and uh, I love when pastors say they don't want to get political and they don't want to start talking politics, but you start to get a sense after each election whether their guy won or not, you know? And it's like, you can tell the next Sunday, America's in a bad place. We really need to pray. I'm like, I think I know who you voted for, you know. <laughs> I don't want to get involved right now. Or the next day, their guy is like, hey, you know what? Hope is, hope is rising, guys. Things are looking good. Things are looking good in this country. Anyways, we're, we're again prophetically combating that um, with our Christmas production, just believing that people need to hear Jesus. Amen. They need to experience maybe something Christmas-y because everything, there's a lot of things not happening that usually happen. And so we just want to be a little beacon of light. So please, can we do this together? Can we be a part of this production? Come out on team night, Thursday night. Just come and be involved. Come find out. You can be a part of all sorts of teams that would just help put this production on and, um, and uh, be a part of inviting people into church for this Christmas season. I know it's a busy season, so we're just going to take a couple days and do our part in inviting people to come hear the story of Jesus. Amen? Awesome. All right, let's get into the Word this morning. And uh, wherever you're at, I, um, I think I have a bit of a charcuterie board message this morning. Okay? This is not maybe a prime rib. This is a bit of a, a lot of tapas. Okay? A little charcuterie. A little something for everybody, I hope. Um, but we're just journeying along, talking about miracles. And did you know that even though this series won't go on forever, this is really just the beginning of our church believing for miracles. Um, a, a lot of us, I think all of us, we react to whatever we experience in church in a bad way. Um, that person, that person's face for whatever ails you in doctrine or church is usually something we react to. And so if there was a worshipy person next to you and they're just like, worship, raise your hands. You're like, dude, I don't have to. I can just sit down and chill. We react to sometimes miracle people, faith people. Sometimes can be loud, can be boisterous. Um, if you've ever been around faith and you hear about people, you know, with a dead body in the living room for four days. And you're like, man, just bury, just bury that person. They're just stinking up the living room. I don't know if that's faith. When does faith become weird? You know, I don't want to be the weird person. Um, but I also don't want to be the person that's like a five-second prayer. Lord, just touch Joel's back. All right, cool, man. All right, see you later. I don't know if that's faith. And so what we're doing is looking at this doctor. Every generation, some theology is progressive. God restores things over the course of his church that began 2,000 years ago. Amen. Some things are just rediscovered. I believe every generation rediscovers the gospel, rediscovers grace, rediscovers church. A lot of things we're just rediscovering. And so in your lifetime, you'll see different movements like renewal, maybe like promise keepers, and different parachurch ministries or church ministries. They'll come and go. I think the big picture perspective is that God's trying to show us something and put it permanently in the church. And so a lot of times people are like, what happened to that? Well, it's in the church, and you ought to be practicing it on a daily basis, a weekly basis. But there's a there's a, we can't get everything in on a Sunday, even though I wish we could. I would love an hour of worship. I'd love a hymn. I'd love a this. I'd love a that. Whatever the Bible, people are like, what church is this? Whatever's in here, we try to believe it and do it. Amen? And like Carrie said, 
that the, these, these people were not coming to Jesus to be saved. They were coming to be healed, and Jesus didn't check them out the door and go, hold on. Why are you here? You're here to just seek my face? Seek my hand? Seek my face. Then seek my hand. Are you with me? Anybody with me? No, they were coming for wrong. I mean, I don't know if it's a wrong motive. They weren't coming because he was Jesus. They were coming because they heard they could get hooked up. We ought to be inviting people to church that just need to be healed. Say, so you look, well, I mean, you look sick. I heard you. Just <laughs> I love when that someone says, you look tired. You're like, really? No, oh, thanks. So in other words, I look bad, I guess. You look haggard. Say, so actually slept great last night, but thank you. Um, anyways. I want to look this morning specifically at that moment that you're praying for a miracle, and you're like, what's that moment? What's, the, what's that, what is that, that faith moment? What do I do with that? How can I better, how can I be a better believer? Not believer, believer, all right? Calm down, Tosh. Believer, all right? How can I be a better follower of Justin Bieber? How, how do I work on my faith? We're going to pray for people. How, how do I, how do I, I want to talk about that this morning. Amen? You ready? I need you to help me preach. I need, I need you to, to, to receive the word. That's why we say amen. That's one, one way you receive it. You come into agreement. Amen? And uh, put the cell phone away. Open up the Bible. Take some notes. Mark chapter 8 verse 22. We're just, we're just again, cruising along with Jesus. He just fed the 4,000. A few other things take place, and we're right after what we talked about two weeks ago with the leaven, with the leaven. This is just what takes place then. Verse 22, then he came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. I love this. This is intercession. He, he wasn't begging. They were begging for him. Amen? So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. That's interesting. And when he had spit on his eyes, I love Jesus. Quit trying to figure out what he's doing. Just figure out who he is. That's what God wants you to worry about. Who I am who I am. Spit on his eyes and put his hands on him. And he asked him if he saw anything. And he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Maybe this dude was not. Born, he was not born blind. It seemed like he'd maybe become blind because he had different ways of describing this. Then he put his hands on his eyes again. Well, hold on. The Son of God, what's the Son of God doing here? Why does Jesus need to do this again? And made him look up, and he was restored and saw everyone clearly. This is, this is, this is the fact that we need to keep praying. I think Jesus gives us a model to keep persisting in prayer. Keep persisting in prayer. It's not a one and done. Amen? It's a relationship. It's faith. Our faith is on a journey. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Then he sent him away to his house saying, neither go into the town nor tell anyone in the town. Don't go back. Don't go back. I want to speak this morning on hometown faith. Hometown faith. We just got off of Thanksgiving and, uh, you know, it's a little homey, a little hallmarky. And uh, I want to talk about hometown faith this morning. Are you ready? All right. <clears throat> Get that <clears throat> clear the throat of the gravy. <clears throat> Get ready to say amen. Get ready to receive the word of God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for this church. We thank you that we are on the precipice, I believe, on the, on the point 
that sounds arrogant, but I really believe we're in the, in, the, in, the, in the forefront of what you're doing around the church, around the world. God, you're, you're moving, you're moving, you're moving. You're turning things inside out and upside down. And we believe for more people to get saved this Christmas season than ever before in our church. We thank you that we're not just serving you alone out there, God. We have a family. This is home. This is a spiritual family. And, and yeah, there's some, there's, some, there's some coziness to it. There's some, there's some comfortableness to it that's good. And, and yet there's also some, some conversations and some stretching and some encouragement and challenge. And God, we thank you that, that, that we have a house and a home and a spiritual home for the ups and the downs that we get, to, we get to receive, but we also get to give. And Lord, we just pray that we can bring people that you've called into our family in this season. That, Come on home. Welcome home, and there's a, there's a seat for you, a place for you, some friendships for you. There's, some, there's, some, there's, there's, there's something that God has for you, and he's going to use me to connect you to it. God, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you on this Thanksgiving week. God, for all that you've done and who you are, I pray, give us your word. Lord, let us never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I don't know what your hometown is. Anybody's hometown, Washougal, Camas? Anybody's, we have some local Camas, Washougal. All right, all right. All right, I love that. Just proud, not like <laughs> proud of your hometown. Everybody proud of their hometown? Like you love their hometown? Anybody <laughs> got out while the getting was good? No canvas or sugar hands, please, should go up right now. All right, this is my hometown. I mean, these are some bad pictures that we grabbed. So this is Sonoma Square. I was born and uh, kind of raised in Sonoma. All right, Sonoma. County. Now, hold on, hold on, go back, go back, go back. So that's that. Sonoma and Napa, most of you heard of Napa probably now because it's famous wine country. And um, I, I, I kind of like it now. Growing up in Sonoma, it was like nothing going on, right? So when you're young, your hometown view is different than when you're older because nothing was going on. But there was a cool square around this square. If you could just imagine, there's restaurants and, and cheese and, and bread and little pastry shops. and It's a quintessential town square. Everything was around the town square back in the day. I think that'd be kind of cool. It, maybe it's just me having a moment here getting older. But the movie theater's over there. You got the, you know, each church, each denomination, Assemblies of God, Baptist, you know, the Lutheran Church, all, everything around the town square. All right, so now, my high school... Sonoma Dragons. Where's my dragons at? <laughs> Same high school. Same high school. My mom was a cheerleader for the dragons. We were talking about the chance, the dragon chant. We won't, we won't indulge on that. But this is my high school. There used, there's a flagpole somewhere. I don't know if they took it down since this picture was taken. But my freshman year, me and Dan Daring, just two of us, a prayer at the flagpole. We were standing for Jesus until the buses came and we're like, we feel this prayer time is over. Amen. <laughs> and so we got out of there. But that's my high school just up from the square. But uh, show the vineyards. I don't know if what we got, but this is Sonoma, right? I mean, there's grapes and it's just beautiful. Now, not when I was little because there was nothing to do. We just would skateboard around. And I remember one time I was on my bike, and uh, I didn't even need, know this, but it, it wasn't that dark out. But a, a police officer pulled me over, gave me a little ticket. You know, I'm like 14 for not having a light on my bike. That's small town. I mean, that's really small town. There was a Sonoma paper. We had a football game. We played a little football game during, the, I think it was Thanksgiving week, and it rained a little bit. And we tore up the grass, and we made the Sonoma paper. We were in the police report. For the, we didn't even realize this. We're like, kids vandalize the field by playing football. We're like, what are 
were just playing football, you know. Anyway, small town. I, I proposed to carry down here at Gloria Ferrar. It's not a champagne vineyard. It's a sparkling wine vineyard, okay. Champagne has to come from champagne fans. All right. I am boring you guys. You're ready for the word. Anyways, this is, this is Sonoma. This is, this is hometown. There's some warm feelings. There's some fuzzies. And there's some funkies. I think hometown is awesome. I think there's like, oh, man, myrrh. There's some, there's some myrrh moments. There's some hallmark moments. And there's also some, mm, some tough moments. Well, well Bethsaida was where this miracle takes place, was, was hometown uh, for Peter, for Philip, and for Andrew. Jesus did most of his ministry in just a couple of these towns, and Bethsaida was one of them. Bethsaida, when Jesus came back to Bethsaida, it was like coming home. The, 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 the place of this city was, was in the upper Jordan where it came into the Sea of Galilee. It was up on the hill. It was a place of refuge throughout uh, the decades really back then, and it, it was called uh, um, uh, the House of, of Fishermen. That was the name of the village. Very homey, very welcoming, very warm. It was refuge. It was, it was beautiful. It was up on, a little bit on the, on the hills overlooking Galilee. And so palm trees and the view was there. It was comfortable. It was warm. It was the place that Jesus walked on the water right out inside of Bethsaida is where Jesus walked on water. And, 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 and Peter came out, and the feeding of the 5,000 was on the plains of Bethsaida. So it was green grass and plenty of room for 20,000, 30,000 people for Jesus to feed. This is Bethsaida. This is the significance of this town. It's, it's hometown. It's, it's Jesus heals this, this blind man. It's Jesus coming home. There's home-cooked meals. There's warm meals, warm and fuzzies. There's a little Hallmark movie could have been filmed right here in Bethsaida. Jesus did powerful miracles in this beautiful, wonderful place. Peter is coming home. There's an excitement to that. There's a, there's a holiday cheer kind of vibe. And then Jesus also in Luke 10, 13 says, Woe to you, Chorizen. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth in ashes. So Jesus is talking about this wonderful thing about this hometown that Jesus had done so much. There were so many memories. There was so much familiarity. There was so much coziness. And yet he was saying, you have been given so much, others would have done much more with what you have been given. It's a, it's a tough it's a tough word to encourage and challenge, right? It's, it's, it's difficult sometimes to say, hey, here you go. Give. God is gracious and he's loving. And yet something is required. Something is, is to be challenged out of you. And Jesus is saying there's some others that would have done more with what you have. What would your grandpa have done with what you have? What would great, great nanny have done with what we have? Do you ever think about that? The technology we have, like we don't hunt and kill our food. We just go to the store. I mean, we have ice makers that get made. I mean, we, we got technology. Out of, what would the people have gone before us have done with the miracles and the provision and the money and the technology that we have been given? What would the people that have gone before us have done with what was given? Now, that can sound discouraging. It can sound condemning. But what Jesus is saying, there's people that would have done twice as much with what has given 
to you. What would David have done with the cell phone? Would he have taken pictures of his cat and his food? What would David have done with Facebook and Instagram? What would David, is anybody hearing this this morning? What would David have done with what was given to us? What would David have done with an electronic computer and a cell phone and refrigerators and lighting and plumbing? What would David have done with what was given to you? Is anybody hearing me? That's what he's saying. He's saying people would have done more with what was given to you than what you're doing. Because of course we want more. Who wants more? Goals, dreams, aspirations, restoration, revival. Right? Right? We want more. But sometimes we get stuck. We get stuck in that place of forgetting what was done, and Jesus might be just trying to encourage us that you're ready for some things that you're waiting for because you think your faith's not ready. You think you haven't experienced something, and so you're waiting. And he's saying there's some things that were given to you that some people, I mean, you know some of those things that we, we see on social media or whatever, you're praying for, I mean, you're living in things that people were praying for before you, and sometimes that perspective just goes, my goodness, God, what, what, what am I waiting for on some things? You've already done some things in my life. He's saying, you know, some people would have, would have, would have, would have changed the world with what you have. It's, it's challenging. It's, it's, it's encouraging to a point, but it's challenging because he's saying hometown for us is faith. As a Christian, faith is our hometown. Faith is the place that we were born again. Right? So faith is the place that we were birthed into and we grew up. Faith is where we met Jesus. Faith is where we access grace. It's our hometown. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. But there's also some struggles of sin and failure. There's some, do I stay in this hometown or do I leave? What do I do with my hometown? Do I get out or is it the best thing in the world? It's, it's where we met grace. It's where we repented. It's where we were discipled. It's where we learn prayer. It's where we learn the Bible. It's where we learn to serve. It's where we learn to tithe. It's where we learn to receive but also give, right? It's where we, someone came along and helped us follow after the word of God. And it's also the place where we helped others follow after God. It's where someone had grace on us and it's where we had grace on us. It's where we learn forgiveness. This is the place of faith. Is anybody hearing me? This is the place of faith. This is our hometown. Welcome home. Faith. And yet it can be, it can be a place where we get stuck. It can be a place where we get, we get familiar. It's a place. Faith is a beautiful place. It's a beautiful place. Welcome home. Welcome home. Faith. 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 And yet we can, we can get stuck going through the routine. The bagel shop's over here. You ever notice in your hometown there's so many things you stop doing in your hometown? There were so many museums in, in Sonoma, Napa. People would come in, tourists, and be like, hey, have you gone over to this, the mission? Have you, have you gone over to where the first? They were like, no. No. Because it's hometown. Here, it's hometown. You, you, you just sort of you just get in your routine. And oh, I know Sonoma. I know. It just, you just got it all figured out. Well, because it's hometown. It's hometown. You got everything figured out what's going to happen. You got all the town gossip. You know the ins and the outs of everything in that hometown. Yep. And so Jesus has to come along and say, say hold, hold, hold on. You're waiting to see something. You, you think your faith needs to see more. And this, is, this puts Jesus in a pickle. 
Because, because Jesus loves to heal. He is the healer, right? He, he loves to love. He loves, he, he, here, 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 just, just here's some food, here's some bread. But he's always like, the, 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 the ultimate thing this is about is salvation. This is about the cross. And I haven't gone to the cross, but it's going to be about that. It's, it's, there's something bigger. Not that I'm not going to show you some things because you'll see some miracles in this season. But Jesus is trying to tell us your faith doesn't need to see it. Just so you know, what's, what's wrong with your faith isn't that you haven't seen enough. You've actually seen twice as much as other people and what it takes for them to believe. And so I need to diagnose this thing so you can really get the help you need to. Because you might be stuck in your hometown with small town thinking and small town living, small town gossip. And so I got to do something in your life to, so that you understand what's really wrong or what needs to change in your faith. Someone say amen. Because it's a faith thing. There's nothing wrong. It's beautiful, wonderful. It's what it's all about. But there's something that needs to happen. And it's not the fact that you need to see more. But what is that faith moment where you're stuck in faith and you're praying for someone and you're believing and you're just like, where Am I, am I, am I stuck? I love this in John 12, 37. But although he had done so many signs before them, they did not believe in him. They did not believe in him, in him, in. If this is our belief system, that is what Jesus wants to do. Taking your whole belief system and putting it in. So the progression of your hometown, let's say this is hometown. Your faith is birthed. This hasn't happened yet. So that's why every time Jesus did something, I'm like, man, even the wind and the waves obey him. Who is this guy? Who is this? Man, even the dead are raised. Whoa. Hold on. Who is this? Jesus like, get this belief system that was birthed in you and get it. In me. It needs to be surrounded and submersed. So when you're praying for sick people, you're just in Jesus. You're just, when you're worshiping, you're just Jesus. When you're preaching the gospel, it's Jesus. When you wake up in the morning, it's Jesus. When you're on the high highs and the low lows, when you're working through forgiveness and you're working through restoration, you're in Jesus. But what happens is we take a visit to our hometown and we say, you know, it'd be nice if that person changed. You know, it'd be nice if I saw a few miracles. You know, it'd be nice if I, if I could just get this and get that. And Jesus is stuck in this place and going, I know, I want to do that. But that's not going to necessarily give you the faith for miracles or revival that you need. You've got to get your faith in me. And then we can walk. See, what changed the disciples, what changed the disciples, think about it. How these guys could go from denying Jesus to willing to be crucified upside down after the resurrection. They declared he is who he says he is. And they never went back. Because once this happens, it is game over. Game, set, match. No going back. And you now are submersed. Or anytime you get lost, you just get it back into Jesus. I got to just get it back into Jesus. It's all I see. I'm submerged. I'm clothed. I'm washed. I'm full. I'm in. I'm in. Think about all the songs with the word in today. We're just in him. All of my hope, all of my joy is, is in. All of my past, it's in. He, God, God, let me tell you about he. God 
is a God of in. When he created the world, he put all of the trees for time and he did right into each seed. And it takes them, what? All the trees are in there like, yeah, it's all in there. When God decided to hide the treasure of the kingdom, he says he put it in earthen vessels. He took treasure and he put it in. Jesus said, there's nothing wrong with greatness. I'm just going to put it in to serving. There's no shortcuts here. You are, you got to plant that seed. You got to plant it. It's got to die. Then out of that harvest, Good Friday, Saturday, Sunday, sorry, it's the kingdom. You got to, you got to, you want greatness? Awesome. Awesome. I'm going to put it in serving. Jesus put put an apostle in a murderer. He put a Paul in a soul. He puts a Peter. He puts them in a Simon. We serve a God of in. I don't have time. I wish I had an hour to read the scriptures about you and me and I'm in you and you're in the vine and I'm in the Father. You see me, you see the Father. And they seen you, they seen you. They seen me, I'm in you and you and me. We're all in. We're all in. Jesus said, when you come to church and you remember me, I want you to take the bread and I want you to take the cup and I want you to take my body and my blood and get it inside of you. I mean, it's kind of weird. We get so used to it. We're just traditional. We're just drinking grape juice. Just drinking the blood. Why would Jesus say, I want, I want you to know I'm in you. I'm in you wherever you go. I'm in you and you're in me. You're in me. It's in. I'm a God of in. Someone say in. I'm a God of in. We keep trying to separate everything. That's why culture, light gets lighter and dark gets dark. We don't understand how it all goes. I don't understand it. Netflix and no one goes to the movies anymore. No one has to go to Blockbuster. No one has to go to the store. No one has to go to eat Starbucks anymore. You order it and everything just comes to me. Everything comes to me. So we just think, oh, God, come to me. And Jesus is like, that's not how it works, son. That's new. Follow me follow me. You might be fighting something that you don't need to fight anymore. There might be just one click in your faith that might change everything. And he's always, you know, everything is like, but Paul's like, yeah, I'm a bad sinner, the worst. Why, what's he trying to do? Find common union? We're always trying to find dis. Oh, I'm better than you. Ooh, ooh, you didn't, ooh, you know what I do? You know what I do? You know, you know what I do? See, we're always trying to separate to become better than each other. And Jesus is trying to be like, I'm like you. I became a sinner so you could live like me. I died as you so you could live as me. Christianity is always this two become one. When you come into marriage, it's this. And, the, and we're all arguing about what, the wrong issues around sexuality. And Jesus said, you're missing the whole point about what God does with two human beings and how he brings them together, spirit, soul, and body. He's a God of in. And so his whole job was you keep looking to see something, and the truth of it is, is your hometown faith needs to get put in me. Take your faith and put it in. So when you're praying for someone, just practically speaking, and you're just like thinking, you're out in the ether. You're just like, Lord, heal them. And you're trying to find the faith. Is it the fluctuation? Is it when Isaac goes, in the name of Jesus? Is it, is it a Jimmy Swagger quiver? Is it a friends, are you here today? Is it a, do I got to get my bravado? Do, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you do. Maybe it's emphasis. I don't know. I don't know. I do know that if you just think about Jesus and, and talk to Jesus and quote the words of Jesus by his stripes, by his stripes, if you just worship Jesus and, and the Holy Spirit's going to lead you and remember and remind you 
you of who you are in Christ, I'm telling you that 30 seconds or that 30 minutes will be all that it can be in God's army. It can be everything it's supposed to be that God wants to do as much as we can without condemning ourselves. Lord, I don't have the faith of Charles Finney. I don't have the faith of Spurgeon. I don't have the faith. I don't have, I don't, and then we, and then, then you've been in a prayer moment and all your wackiness comes up. And you're like, not now. <laughs> Thinking, I think about the weirdest things. To be honest, and not, not even bad things mostly, but like, just like odd things. Right? Like food. I'm like, hold on, this person has cancer, stage four, and I'm thinking about a burrito. It's like, God, help me and forgive me. Jesus. Belief in Jesus. Feel that all of a sudden it's just like a click, and I'm just with him. I'm a conduit, I'm an intercessor. Wherever I go, it's just see, in the world, but not of the world. So that's what throws us off. We get into a different atmosphere, we get into a different atmosphere. High school football game, you just in Christ, all of a sudden. I can enjoy the football game, but maybe God has one thing for me to do, one thing to pray, one thing to say. When you come to church, you come into his body. That's why you're the hands and the feet. And sometimes you need to rest. Take it. Get bandaged up. (laughs) And sometimes, though, I feel pretty good. I'm going to go pray. I'm going to go give. In, 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 in. 2 Corinthians 5.21, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. In him. So Jesus meets us at our place of faith, though. Don't you love Jesus? Where's my Jesus people? Where's my Jesus fans? Jesus! Jesus chant right now, but hold on. We don't have time. I can feel the chant about to break out. Jesus. Jesus meets us at our place of faith. So he comes home, and the disciples are begging him, probably an old friend, you know, slingshot accident, stupid idiot, doing stupid things in his hometown, can't get out, and he's blind. He didn't ask for it. The disciples are begging him. So they must have been like, Jesus, before we do anything, can you please heal, please heal Tom? Like, he needs to, like, he really needs to be healed. Like, his family, right? They're like, must have been something like his family, he needs to. Can't fish anymore. He's just like, it's really bad. Please, can before we do anything, we come home. Here we are. Just like they knew this guy. And so I love this. Jesus grabs him by the hand. Okay. Jesus grabs him by the hand and takes him outside of town. Now, I love this because faith becomes familiar. And so when we think we need to see more, Jesus goes, actually, we just need to move. Okay? We, we, your faith just needs to get moving. 
That's all. So for a lot of us, we're just like, bring it on, Lord. I need a fire. Revive me. He's like, yep, I gave you everything you did. Actually, people that have gotten 2% of what you have have changed the world with what I gave you. So that's not the problem. I'll, even though I'll show you some more. But I'm going to get, I need your, your, your faith. What you need is that faith to get moving. And the only way to get that hometown faith moving and enlarged is to allow Jesus. I love this about Jesus. He doesn't come out in front of us and go, okay, Marco. Marco. Right? This poor guy, you know, hitting rocks. Come on. Life's not a bowl of cherries. Serving me is not easy. No. He grabs the blind man's hand. Okay? Because that's what we all need. We think we're blind and we need to see. But actually we are blind and we think we need to see. And Jesus goes, no, you are blind. But the only way you'll see is a touch from me. I need to get your faith back in me and it's stuck at the place of its origin and so he grabs him by the hand I love that because Jesus will grab your hand today unless you don't want it and that's why you can go I'm not ready no problem stay blind but he'll grab your hand he'll go let's move we're gonna move outside of town but Jesus this is like the bagel shop and my pastors are here and my friends are here and I didn't even ask for this my friends brought me that's why when you get ready to bring someone to church, make sure you're not in a bad attitude. Because you'll be judging the sermon the whole time like that. He didn't have it. He didn't have it. It wasn't what it should be. And the person next to you is like. Because <laughs> they don't need you to get saved. They needed you to bring them to Jesus. And then Jesus will take over. And you don't need to play God. Take out weight off this Christmas season. You're just an intercessor. So you just bring him to Jesus. It's just, a, it's just like a one hand. Hey. Hey, and Jesus like, hey, hey, I got it from here. All right, all right, son, you don't believe in me? Ha <laughs> ha, you don't believe in the world? That's all right. Whatever your faith, a measure of faith has been given to everybody. You can bank on that. I don't care how atheist your uncle is. There's a measure of faith. And if you just bring him to Jesus, Jesus goes, all right, let's go. But we are going to leave hometown. We're, we're going to get out of town. We're going to get out of town. We've got to move. We gotta move. That's what Jesus does. Previous places of faith become familiar. And so what happens is we think, Lord, I need to feel it again, right? In marriage, I don't feel it. I don't feel it. Did you do something for me? And it's like, actually, your feelings probably just need to get moving. Your bad habits just need to get moving. I don't know, she just doesn't wanna go out anymore. So be a man, make a date, make an appointment. Make an appointment, make, make a reservation. Move. Someone say move. Move. You got to move that thing. You got to move that thing. It's not a, it's, faith is not a force. That's why when we get praying and sometimes we get this whole like constipated look, like just with everything, because like we don't know what to do and how to, you know, believe more. You're like, yes. Oh. Get that belief in Jesus and let Jesus touch it. It's your faith in me. It doesn't need to see more. It needs to move. And so Jesus takes him by the hand. Jesus takes him by the hand. And he says, we got to move this faith. I love this. Because the guy who wrote about this the most is the guy who dealt with this the most. James, the brother of Jesus. He penned some of the greatest words ever. Faith without works is dead. It's a dead faith. So sometimes we have a dead faith, and we're like, Lord. And it's like, no, no, you have faith. You're just not working it. I mean, I could, I could go endless metaphors here. 
I mean, my chainsaw just doesn't work. What's wrong with the chainsaw? It's a brand new chainsaw. I don't use it. <laughs> so just, we don't, we, don't, we don't use our faith. And so it dies, and we go, what's wrong, Lord? I need a touch. He's like, no, you, I gave you everything. You just need to, to use it. You need to move it. So he takes him outside of the town. I love this. Can you imagine James, the brother of Jesus, at dinner time? Jesus had brothers and sisters. And, I mean, James is just sitting there. He sounds like a nice guy. He was called James the Just, James the Righteous. So he was obviously a super good dude. He just didn't believe in Jesus. Right? So Mary's talking about Jesus. You know, you know, I was pregnant, you know, by the Holy Spirit. James was like, yeah, sure, Dad. Sure. Love that family story. Right? But James just mums the word, you know, Jesus built such a table today. He taught in the temple today. Maybe, he, I think he's the Messiah. You know, James is like, yeah, right, Jesus is the Messiah. Okay, anyways. Um, and all the stories of Jesus would come in town and Jesus would come in and eat, you know, and back at town in Nazareth. And, and uh, James is sitting at the kitchen table or, you know, sitting at the dinner table just listening. Hey, Jesus walked in the water today. It's like, James is probably calculating, you know, how low the tide was in Galilee that day, like. Okay, I, I know how he did that trick, you know. James. So James, after the resurrection, all of a sudden the light bulbs come on, and he's like, "Woo! He is who he says he is. And he pins some of the most challenging words on faith because they say, and be careful. This isn't condemnation. This is just the fact that you might have the faith that you're looking for, thinking you need to see something, when Jesus is saying, just work it. Just get that faith moving. It was birthed in a wonderful hometown. You also took on some hits in that hometown. You broke up with your first girlfriend in the hometown. You had your first kiss, but you also had your first heartbreak in that hometown. You loved the church, but the church also hurt you. You fell in love with prayer, but prayer hurt you. You fell in love. You get it. You fell in love with it, but it also hurt you. So we've got to take what was birthed in you and move outside of town and begin to work that thing that was given to you. Begin to use it. Begin to use it. I love this, James 5. This is how James ends his letter. But above all, my brethren, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath. But let your yes be yes and your no, no. There's not going to be this back and forth anymore. There's going to be a conviction. There's going to be a confidence in what the word of God has for you. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Let him pray. Work it. He's like, work that prayer. I need to go to a prayer seminar. Sure, but you need to work prayer. I need to read more prayer books. Yeah, but you need to pray. Lay your hands on people and begin to work that faith. Begin to work it. Intercession, work it. Praise, work it. Hope, work it. Work it. Work it. Work the word of God. Work it. Work it. Plant seeds. Work it. Work it. Someone say work it. Work it. Is anyone, is anyone among you sick? Oh, is, is anyone cheerful? Let them sing songs. So every time you get cheerful, do you work that thing? Or do you only think about your next vacation? Do you only do something in the natural? Or do you sing songs? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you for this week. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the weather on Thanksgiving. If you're feeling cheerful, work it. Work that thankfulness. Sing so is anyone among you sick? 
then don't just sit there sick. Call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. Get the oil out in the name of Jesus Christ and work that anointing. Work the oil. Anoint your house. Anoint things. Pray for things. Work what was given to you. Work it. It's sitting there. All of these things that God has given to you. And the church in Pesita was going, God, we need to see more. And he's going, oh my gosh, what was given to you? There's people that have gone before you that would have turned the world. What would have David done with a cell phone? What songs would he have sung? What, 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 what touch would he have had on the globe with what was given to him? Work it. Work it. What has been given to this generation? preaching to myself. I get stuck at a pity party and Lord and he's like you need to get moving. You need to move that faith. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. Have you committed sins? And be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another. Work that thing. We're all shut up and silent at home wondering why our souls are dying. No one cared that I stopped going to church for six months. Whether we call you or not, the Bible is clear. You guys, sounds like you need to work some confession. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Work it. Work it. Work it. What's God given to you? We're always in a next book, next seminar, next, next. God, show me more. And he's like, I want to show you more. But, 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 but do me a favor. I need you to hold on to my hand. And I know you don't see this, but move with me. I want your faith to move. The Holy Spirit will gently speak something to you and will sit on it. So now is the season to not. So I'm going to move. I'm going I'm to use intercession like I've never used it. Lord, save that person in Jesus' name. Isn't it amazing how much we think about using faith, but we don't use it? I'm going to use praise and worship in my home. I don't use it enough. I'm going to work prayer more than I ever have. I'm going to work church more than I ever have. You need to come to church, come to church, come to church, come to church, come to church. Come to church. I'm going to work my Bible more than I ever have. I, I need this to become that, that, the, the Netflix and chill in my life. I need this to be... I need this to be my Hallmark moment. I need this to be snowing on Christmas Eve. I need this to be my brand new Tesla. I need this to be the swimming pool that I want. I, all the things that I want out of life, a six-pack. I, I want it to walk up the stairs and, and not need a deep breath. What, whatever it might be, I, I'm in search of the perfect outfit. Uh, you ever thought about the perfect outfit? Maybe it's just me. I, I, I want the perfect hairdo. God, whatever skin, well, whatever it might be. Whatever it might be, more money, more, more money, so I pay the bill. God, whatever it might be, I, I, God, I want, I want, I want, I want your spirit, and I want to use your word, and I want to work what you've given to me. I want to work my testimony. I want to work faith. I want to work, I want to work hope. 
I want to work love. I want to work forgiveness. I want to work. I want to work the things that the Spirit of God has put on the inside of me. I want to work forgiveness. I want to work. I want to work joy. I want to work confession. I want to work worship. I want to work praise. I want to work scripture memorization. I want to work perspective. I want to work faith. I want to work love. I want to work it more than I've ever worked it before. Move. 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 Then Jesus goes, all right. I love this because this is not the one where Jesus makes the clays. Where it's like, and he makes like some dirt. Then he slaps it. This is the one where Jesus just spits into his face. So when we get to this cat, Jesus like, I'm just, I'm just going to break everyone's norms. So when he tells the story, oh, did he do the spitting in the clay thing? Like, no, spitting in the clay, that sounds a little bit better. A little moist clay. Oh, a little, oh, that's nice. No, Jesus, started hawking loogies in my face. Why? Because there's no formula. The formula's him. The formula's him. The formula's him. The formula's him. That's why he is the formula. He's like, you're not going to figure me out. Just, just when I take your hand and I say it's time to move, just hang on for the ride and let me do what I'm going to do because your faith is in him. Your hope is in him. Your past is in him. Your sickness is in him. Your future is in him. Your dreams are in him. Your guilt is in him. It's all in him. So he starts hawking loogies. He touches them. He says, what do you see? What do you see? So I just see men walking like trees. And he touches them again. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep working it. Keep working that faith. Keep working it. Yeah, but I tried for 18 times in restoration. Oh, you've done it 18 times? Oh, you know what? Yeah, you're right. 18 is it. 18 is it. Shoot, the book of Zephyrgee uh, 3. Work it. Work it. Work it. Supplication. Somebody need to work supplication. Hold on, I can ask God for all those things. Yeah. Some of you need to get, get work hunger. Yeah, some of you. Yeah, so, so there's some things that right now. Work it. Work it. It says that Jesus healed him and he told him not to go back. He said, you're not going back. You're not going back. You're not going back offended. You're not going back to that place of familiarity. You're moving on. It's not that what I did back then. Egypt was a place of provision, and then it became a place for them to get out. There comes a time where God will bring you to a place. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a beautiful place. It was provision, but we keep trying to get back. And God says, no, we're not going back. Don't go back there. Keep moving. Keep moving. What I did in you, you're not going back. Your faith is in me. How did it happen? He took me by the hand. What did he do? Well, he did this for me, but he is who he said he is. I'm not going back. I'm not 
going back. I'm not going back to that fear. I'm not going back to that anxiety. I'm not going back, church. I'm not going back to apathy. I'm not going back. Whatever the enemy has told you, whatever your past has told you, you do not have to go back. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm going to work forgiveness. I'm going to work the word. I'm going to work prayer. I'm going to work giving. I'm going to work intercession. I'm going to work praise. I'm going to work dance. I'm going to work scripture. I'm going to work it. I'm going to work it. Faith without works is dead, but a faith that works is alive. It tears down walls. I'm not going back. My faith is in Jesus. My worship is in Jesus. My prayer is in Jesus. My preach is in Jesus. My forgiveness is in Jesus. My love is in Jesus. My generosity is in Jesus. My joy is in Jesus. My future is in Jesus. My past is in Jesus. My today is in Jesus. My communication is in Jesus. My Bible reading is in Jesus. put it in to Jesus. Take take it out of your past and put it in to Jesus. Take it out of people and put it in to Jesus. Take it out of if this happens, then put it in Jesus. Take it out of any other thing and put it in Jesus this morning and all of a sudden you'll be surrounded and submerged in his presence Jesus Jesus give me that little build that little drum solo that little build to know their name but Jesus know their name but Jesus if you need prayer come on up here if your faith if your faith if your faith just needs a breakthrough this morning if your faith needs to be submersed in the presence of God. 
If you need a miracle, just come up here. Let our prayer team, let our prayer team come up. We're going to pray for you. We're going to believe the name of Jesus. Let's go pray right now in Jesus' name. Just submerse you. Some of you are about to be submersed in the presence of God. Just surrounded, surrounded. Let Him surround you right now. Let Him surround you right now. In Jesus' name, we take all of our fears and put it in you. We take all of our dream, we all of our plans and put it in you. We put it in you. He's about to surround it. He's about to surround you. Oh, He's about to surround you. Oh, all of the fears and all of the anxiety. He's about to surround you. You're surrounded, you're surrounded, you're submersed. He's about to fill you, he's about to clothe you. Oh! Let's just fill this room, let's just fill this room. Fill this room with music, fill this room with praise. Oh, it's a river. Just step in, just step in, step in, step in. We're about to close, but just step in. Let his presence just fill, let him just fill. my sins. 
Some of you even just haven't had a, a good talk with Jesus about your sins in a while. <laughs> and, and you're waiting, you're waiting for this moment to get clean so then you can get in shape and then go to the gym. And Jesus is like, I'm a hospital and a gym. Just start talking to God. Do you forgive me of that? Would you wash that? Would you wash that? Take that. And what happens when we take everything and we put it in him? We just, his presence just whew. That's why when you get a whole room together in faith, whew, into the presence of God, you just see the presence of God just fill a room. Take your house and put it in Jesus. Take your Christmas and put it in Jesus. Anything that we do is just human ways of getting in things in. David said, you know the best way to start a day is to get all of me into Jesus first thing, and Thanksgiving does that. I'm just going to thank you. Man, I recommend getting that new song on Belonging Co. They just say thank you the whole time. It's awesome. It just cause you to become more thankful. we got to close this morning. If you need a miracle, I'd love to pray for you. We'd love to pray for you. Get up here. We're going to keep praying. We're going to keep praying. And we're going to believe for Jesus to touch you. We love you so much. We love you so much. This Thursday night, team night, come on out. If not, we'll see you next Sunday. If you want some prayer, come on up. We love you, church. We love you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.